This is Lydia Page, and you're listening to Episode 9 of the Boss Up Podcast. Before we get started, I have to ask, are you a part of our Facebook community yet? It's a place where we explore each episode and ask questions related to the topics. We also share tips and tricks on how to boss up in our own lives and businesses. If you're not a part of Boss Up Babe yet, we would love to have you. Please visit facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash boss up babe to be a part of this fabulous community. Or you can text the keyword boss up to the number 345-345 to join now. This episode of the Boss Up Podcast is brought to you by FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the number one cloud accounting software designed exclusively for freelancers and entrepreneurs. You can create and send professional looking invoices in just 30 seconds and find out exactly when your clients see your invoices. You can set up online payments quickly and get paid two times faster. Using the FreshBooks mobile app, you can track all of your expenses right from your smartphone. Start your FreshBooks free trial today. Visit bit.ly forward slash FreshBooks. If you're listening to this episode, don't forget to take a screenshot and post it to your Instagram stories. Tag myself at Lydia and Page, tag at the Emma Rose Agency and hashtag Boss Up Babe and let us know what you think. Tiffany Tolliver founded the Emma Rose Agency, a luxury Los Angeles-based branding firm in October 2015 with a promise to enhance the way we visually consume products and services. The Emma Rose Agency designs and builds iconic brands using visual balance, clean and classic designs, and breathtaking photography. With grace, grit, and God, in two years, Tiffany elevated from living at home as a hair salon receptionist in Washington, D.C., to owning a thriving six-figure boutique agency in Los Angeles that develops branding for nationally recognized businesses. She obsesses over changing her client's story the way she changed her own story by creating impactful visual experiences that cultivate brands' popularity and profit. Tiffany's clients have received recognition on outlets such as Good Morning America, Today, BuzzFeed, Pop Sugar, and more after working with her. When she's not working, Tiffany can be found exploring the city of Los Angeles for creative inspiration with her smart and sassy daughter, Asia. Here's what Tiffany had to say. I think my definition of a boss is kind of, well, it's very personal because I think that when I was um, at the salon before, I really did internally boss up. I was a real entrepreneur. I really took on responsibilities that, you know, that I didn't have to. And I think it's something that we're born with. I don't think it's something that, I mean, you can be a boss and you can be an owner rather per se, but I think that bossing up means that you take responsibility for the life that you want to live, whether that's within a business, whether it's in your personal life, um, fitness, anything like that. I think it's a mentality and a characteristic of someone who is just refusing to settle for the mundane things in life. You're listening to the Boss Up Podcast, where we get real on what it takes to be successful in life and business. Hosted by your favorite girl, boss, business owner, and mentor, Lydia Page. Tiffany, I couldn't agree more with you. Bossing up is definitely an action. It's definitely a culmination of all of your qualities and your characteristics manifesting in your life. So tell us how you went from being a hair salon receptionist to launching your boutique firm. 
Um, well, so at the salon, I, again, started taking on some different roles and those roles included like marketing and things like that. And they, um, gave me the title of director of communications, which was basically an overzealous title for me being underpaid and overworked. Um, I did gain some really good, um, processes and, um, learned a lot about business there. However, it was a very stressful situation for me to be in. Um, so much so that, um, I landed in like the hospital because of anxiety attacks caused by stress. And um, yeah, and the whole left side of my body went numb because I was just really concerned. I was at a really bad place in my life, Um, really wasn't happy, wasn't really fulfilled at anything. And so I figured and I tell the story all the time is that I figure if I was going to kill myself, literally, because if anyone else has panic attacks out there, you know, you feel like you are dying, but your body, there's nothing wrong with it. It's all in your mind. And so um, I figured if I was going to kill myself, it's got to be something that I'm going to be able to benefit from and my daughter is going to be able to benefit from. So I quit um, that job and I started the agency with absolutely no clients and no leads. And I just put my head down and did the work. And here we are. I mean, there's a lot in between that, but that's the, the summed up version of it. Oh, wow. And I think it's so crazy how God will place certain things in our life to show us like, this is not where I want you. And I have something better for you. And sometimes we're a little stubborn, right? And so he has to, you know, use some drastic measures there. Well, Tiffany, I absolutely love everything that you're doing with the um, MROs agency. So tell us at what point should someone hire you? That's a great question. I think that for me personally in my business, and I think even before that, if someone is thinking about branding or rebranding, they really have to look at their business, right? They have to look at not necessarily their needs, but where they are. Be super realistic with their budget and Mm -hmm. their time commitment because there is a difference between handing things over completely to a brand designer who already has a process like me and then working with a graphic designer who really is about just give me your colors, give me your Pinterest board and let me create something for you. When you're ready to come to someone like me, I'm more of a brand designer and I include a lot of strategy in my client's uh, process because it's, I wish my brain could stop at the way things look, but for me, the correlation between having things look a certain way to attract your ideal audience and strategies in place to keep them there and to support them, that's where my brain automatically goes when it's when it relates to branding. Because as we all know, or we should know, I hope, that branding is not just the logo. You know what I mean? The logo is just what someone sees. But branding is really about the experience that you're offering to somebody on all levels. It goes from social media to your website to in person because a website, you guys, is not going to be the end all be all. Don't go to a graphic designer, a brand builder and expect for traffic to come to your website just because it's new and shiny. You know, if we're true bosses, we're going to go out and promote that website so that it can do the job that the brand designer uh, intended it to. So anyone who's looking to work like with someone like me specifically, I think having a solid plan in place for what type of services you are looking to bring to the market and have an idea of who you want to serve. 
That's really good. And I was um, when I was on your website, I was looking at some of the things that you do to kind of help um, bring your clients brands to life. You know, when someone's sitting down on the phone with you and they're like, OK, Tiffany, you know, I think I'm ready to rebrand my website, revamp my social media and just redo my brand. What are some obstacles that maybe they have to overcome before they're ready to commit? Well, one, um, my website, if anyone goes to that now, it's I'm sorry about that. I apologize for that because I'm so busy doing everybody else's stuff that I don't get a chance to do my own. So I'm in the middle of a rebrand. And so there's it's not the way I want it to look, but I'm making everyone else's stuff look good. But um, I think that um, a good thing to have in mind when you're coming up against the struggle, you mentioned the struggles, correct? Yeah. Okay. I think that. a lot of my clients really have to get out of their own head about what they like visually. Um, it's important in my process to always be thinking about the target audience. And I remind them of this because I'm like, okay, are you going to buy your photography services? Like, are you going to submit a retainer to your bank account and then shoot your own wedding? We're not creating this solely for you. We're, we have you in mind, but we are trying to target and serve because I work with a lot of creative businesses. So this is like their their passion. They're either in a nine to five and they're looking to leave. You know what I mean? And they wake up and breathe the industry that they're in. And so sometimes a lot of that um, that struggle in the beginning is, you know, Tiffany, I really like purple or I really like navy. Well, we have to consider first what your target audience is attracted to in that sense when it comes to just the color palette, but in everything else, because they are the ones who are going to be um, providing the lifestyle that we live. I know that at an event, I need to show up looking a certain way so that I am appearing like my Instagram. If you see me at the grocery store, it's a whole different story. But if you see me at an event where there's going to be potential clients and people who follow me, you better believe that I'm going to show up the way that my brand shows up because that's what my target audience wants to see. How important is it to have a cohesive brand, not just something that's pretty online, but something that actually translates into your daily walk in real life? Right. Yeah. I think it's super important to have a cohesive brand only because when we we confuse our customers when we create noise, and that is one of the main reasons why people disassociate because we have so many options nowadays. And so if someone doesn't get what you do, especially on your website within the first few seconds, I'm talking about two to five seconds, then you've lost them. So say someone's on your Instagram right? And they're saying, oh, this is a beautiful feed. I get what she does. And then they go to your website and it's a totally different picture being painted. They're going to immediately disengage because they're confused. A confused mind does not buy. Um, I'm reading a story brand right now by Donald Miller, I believe his name is. And it describes the noise that we create in our own businesses um, from that disassociation. I don't know if he specifically mentions cohesiveness, but there's definitely um, some positive um feedback that you will be able to get from being cohesive on all of your channels. You'll just confuse the audience a lot less. Mm. What are some of your main like tips, tricks, must have for branding, specifically online with social media? Um I think if you take yourself, this is the only tip that I have because I'm not a DIYer. Mm-hmm. Um, someone asked me in a panel before, what would you suggest for DIYers? And I said, well, I would suggest me because this is what I do every day. Mm-hmm. 
from the time I wake up, from the time I go to sleep, you know, being a single mother, this is incorporated into my life. I study this. I read on it. I attend seminars. This is what I do. And so if you take yourself enough, seriously enough, you know, hire a professional, that's, that would be my one tip. Because people are coming to you as a professional to receive a service because you're really, really good at it. You know, you spend time researching and doing all the things you should as a business owner, constantly improving your skills, and you want someone to hire you. And I think it's the same um, for someone who's looking to increase their brand presence. You know, that's so true. And um, I personally am a DIYer. And so I was on your, your website and I was like, oh, wow, you know, like, Everything that you're delivering for clients is normally, you know, nobody can do it for themselves, basically. And one thing I really liked, even with all of the free stuff that's online about attracting your ideal client, something I'd never seen before, um, you're the only person I've seen do it, is you actually dress the ideal client. And I was just blown away by that. Can you elaborate a little bit more on how you help your clients through that? Sure. So in my process... um... It's going through a little bit of rebrand, but what I call is the spark method. Um, And that's just how my clients are able to achieve big results rebranding. And so a part of my process, just to start from the top, is a two-hour branding strategy call. I have to understand the likes, the dislikes, the ins and out of my client's business. And I can't do that with them filling out a questionnaire. Some other brand designers may, but me personally, I need to be able to articulate on more than just a visual level for my clients. And so I'm gathering information in that call. And the next deliverable that they will receive from me is that target ideal client profile. Um, It's important for me to map those out visually because people are visual. You know, we spend all day on the phone, on um, Instagram, and we're looking at pictures and graphics and messages constantly. So I want my clients to feel like, you know, their brand is is just as big as a target or it's take, being taken, you know, seriously, just like a, a big brand is. And one of the things that I think small businesses make the mistake of doing is not thinking like those big brands. Um, target, you better believe, has files and files and files on you as a consumer, what you like, what you don't like, what you've bought in the past, you know, there are they are studying us. And so I, I think it's important for me to create that one so me and my client can be on the same wavelength um, throughout the entire project with the other l- deliverables that I send over, but also for something for them to wrap their brains around um, and for them when they see and hear their ideal clients, either in an in-person meeting or in a consultation, they're able to say, yes, these are the characters characteristics um, that Tiffany described and what we settle on for this brand. I love it. And I, I really like your process. Um, and you talked a little bit about rebranding and you said you, you yourself are even going through a rebrand. How important is that? You know, you've launched, maybe you've made some sales. At what point do you know you're ready for a rebrand? Well, I think um, it's a lot different for a brand designer because I'm constantly creating. And so my clients' websites and brands are way better than mine. And, you know, with each brand, I'm learning something new. And I'm like, oh, I want to do this with my website. However, I think that because of the industry that I'm in, I'm telling other people that I can uplift their brand presence to make them more money and to increase their visibility. So I should be doing the same for myself. Um, I think that um, in the creative industry, about two years is a good is a good time for a refresh, um, just because the information can become stale. And 
When I talk about rebrand, I also am talking about copy as well. I am getting more into understanding the importance and the strategies around copy and combining that with the visual impact of the brand. So you may not or you shouldn't have to um, take a big chunk out of the design of your website. You shouldn't have to be redoing your logo uh, every two years unless it's a personal preference. Because if you redo your logo, imagine if Target redid their logo every two years. You know, you'd be like, okay, all right, Target, that's enough of that. You know, it's small little tweaks. Google has gone through a bunch of like small little variations of their website and they're so small. You're like, oh, this looks a little different, but it's still familiar to you. So you don't want to change it so much that your client becomes unfamiliar. But in the creative industry, it's a little bit more accepted to do it every two to three years. Now, you were talking about... um you know, rebranding after two years. And you were saying how your first year in business, you know, you went from $30,000 to, you know, over $100,000, you know, tell the audience a little bit about how you did that. Well, I think any quantum leap, whether it be monetary, uh, physical, like losing weight or something like that, moving across the country, I think it all starts with the mental, um, getting the, the, the thoughts that surround you in check all the time. So I really had to open up my wealth consciousness. I did that through reading different books. At the time, I had a coach who was coaching me through opening up my wealth consciousness. And um, the hour of power concept that I was going through, and I still implement um, now, is really, really important to that. Um, It involves 30 minutes of that wealth consciousness reading, um, meditation, visualization, which is huge, and um, prayer. So every morning for an hour, uh, making sure I hit all of those things. Um, And then really just doing the work and what I'm what I'm into now is reading and making sure that I have the strategies to be able to sell effectively to my clients. But I would attribute the the bulk of that to my mind changing. Mm, I like that. I had to write that down. Wealth consciousness. <laughs> uh, I'm like, oh, this is so good. I hope you guys are taking notes because Tiffany, oh my gosh, you're full of so many gems. Um, so I want to shift a little bit um, back to social media. Um, tell us how you do a social media audit. Like, when do I know, like, okay, this social media strategy that I have going on is not working? Well, you can look right, if you're a business account on Instagram, you can look right at your analytics. And, you know, if you're in a service-based business and you're not getting inquiries or you're not getting engagements, that's likes, follows, um, comments and things like that, then I think something should be adjusted because we are in the business to make money. There's nothing wrong with making money. If we're not making money in our business, we have a hobby and I cannot feed my child off of a hobby. So taking those things seriously, taking those analytics seriously when it comes to um, looking at your website and your social media are very important. And so when you see that you're not getting the type of engagement that you want or you're not having the monthly sales that you are looking for, then it's time to, to reconsider either having a consultation with a professional um, that can give you um, some suggestions. Um, And I would highly, highly, highly recommend that you don't waste their time um, because 
sometimes we can take people's time for granted. And if they are really skilled in getting social media engagement, you know, really listen and implement. I think trying new things in your business to see what sticks for you is an important part of the process because not what works for me, you know, on my page, I very rarely, I don't think I've ever had a real time photo posted. All my content is captured you know, with a professional ph- photographer and the content is kind of curated somewhat on the go. Um, but that doesn't work for everybody. You know, a blogger, that's, that's you know, sometimes they have to take that in the moment shot. Um, from photographers, um, what I suggest is a mix of that, in, that, that in-person feel of what experience your potential bride, your potential business owner getting branding shots is going to get with you. Um, yeah, I, I, I would really uh, suggest that people really dig in because here's the thing. We want a quick fix, right? We want to be told what is wrong instead of actually pulling back the layers and looking. You know your business the best. You know what it needs. But sometimes we get in our own way of saying, okay, I, I can really do without that. I don't need to call her or I don't need to get professional headshots. I can really do without these. This girl over here is doing it. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You really have to listen to yourself and um, get the professional help that you need to help your business grow because you cannot complain while you're on the sidelines, you know, making $30,000 when you really want to make 115K um, per year. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Tiffany, when I tell you you're in my head, girl, get out of my (laughs) head, close the door. I need some privacy. Like you're all in my head. Yes, that makes yeah, I just sense. I just hear too many shoulda coulda, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. It makes perfect sense. And and you know, I couldn't agree more with you. I, I definitely think that especially when you're an entrepreneur and you have an online business, like if you're not taking action, you know, whether it's hiring a brand designer, whether it's hiring a support staff, like if you're not taking action, then your business isn't growing. And and I couldn't agree right. with you more. Like you don't have time to diddle doddle and like think about, you know, should I do this? Is this right? Like, you know, you need it pay somebody to do it. Um, Absolutely. And And there are always different ranges of prices. You don't have to, you don't have to hire the 10K website builder. Mm -hmm. Start where you are. Absolutely. Do you have a team or do you, do you run your agency by yourself? Oh, no, 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 no. I have a team. Yes, God. Thank you. Um, I don't think I'll be able to do everything that I'm supposed to do without a team. So I have um, a personal design assistant who helps me with internal development of like products and things like that. I also have a web assistant who builds out the websites that I design, um, a personal assistant and a project manager. When did you know like you wanted to be a designer? when I started my agency, really, it, it's, it it was honestly, I get this question all the time. Like, when did branding come into your life? I really, for the love of God, cannot remember. It's just something that I think God kind of dropped in my lap and said, here. I mean, as I look back, I've always been like an organized person. I've always been the girl on like Microsoft Word who was looking at all the different like text variations and different types of fonts and things like that. And I've always been interested in color theory, but I never thought that I was like an artist because I couldn't draw. And all my cousins, you know, they were really good drawlers. And my cousin actually is a graphic designer for um, a corporate fitness company. And I always viewed that as graphic design. I never knew of this creative world um, until... (sighs) 
I don't know. I just stumbled upon it and it just worked. And I've just been going ever since, honestly. What advice do you have for maybe the young girl in college that know, like already knows she wants to be a designer? Like, what advice do you have for her? <sighs> that's that's tough because I don't have a degree and this is solely my, this is, uh, I hate giving advice to younger people because I think if I, if someone would have tried to give me advice as a, the younger me, I would have been like, seriously, like, let me live my life. And the way that my life has turned out is, has been for my benefit. The only thing that I would suggest to her is to listen to herself and to not allow other people's opinions, whether it's family, friends, boyfriend, anybody to let you let that get in the way of what you know you want to do. Because if I had done that, like I would not be in California. I would not have my own company, literally, you know, because when you start off in graphic design, people think you're in your room with the door closed playing on the computer. Mm -hmm. Like that is the gist of what starting a graphic design company, you know, by yourself in the creative industry is about, at least for me. I mean, my mother would send me um, USA Gov job applications and things like that. (laughs) And I would be like, no, thank you. Um, And then once she was able to see You know, once she was able to see that I was able to take care of myself, once she was able to see my workshop, once she was able to hear that I was moving to Los Angeles and the things that I was able to do for myself, then she finally got the picture when she saw one of my checks come in and she opened it. She was like, "Okay, I get it. (laughs) And I was like, well, you just committed a crime, but I'm glad that you, you can rest easy now. Isn't it crazy how even our loved ones, you know, in an effort to be, you know, supportive and keep our best interests at heart. Isn't it interesting how it's so challenging or difficult or hard for other people to understand your vision and get behind you? You know, even if it's from a place of love, like nobody wants to support your movement until it's moving. You know what? And they're not supposed to get it. They're not. It's your vision. You know what I mean? If and and if you're not strong enough to Oh, I'm so sorry about mm-hmm. that. If you're not strong enough to execute it on your own, if you have no support, then it may not be the thing for you. You know what I mean? This is this is my dream. My I can't put that in the hands of my mother or even my daughter. You know what I mean? I can't expect for her to pick this up one day and take it with her. Um if she wants to, she can have it, but I'm doing things to fulfill my life, the purpose that God put, you know, for my story to develop and to teach and to, you know, let other people know that they can do it. So, it's okay if family doesn't get it because honestly, I learned this very very early when I went to uh we go to Pennsylvania every year for Christmas. And it was right after I started my business and I was being featured in magazines and I was having photo shoots because honestly, that's what family think. It's it's you have photo shoots and then they see a hundred pictures. They're like, oh, my God, how long did this take? I mean, come on now. Like they know you as the little you. Mm-hmm. They know me as Tiffy. You know, they're not they're not corresponding with Tiffany from the Emma Rose agency. They're corresponding with their cousin, their niece, their granddaughter. You know what I mean? Their daughter, their sister. So I learned very early to leave, to leave all that. And anything that they have to say is, you know, it's fine. It's their opinion. And they're, that's the position that they're in. And it's totally okay. It, it no longer affects me because what I'm going to be able to do for my family, you know, in the years to come, what I have planned, you know, it'll all be worth it at the end. And then I'll be able to say, you know, I told you all, I told you all just chill. Yeah, exactly. 
Were there any like specific sacrifices that you had to make early on? Like maybe when you were transitioning, you know, from the hair salon to launching, you know, the agency, were there any specific sacrifices that you had to make that you feel like, you know, if I hadn't have done this, I wouldn't be where I am today. I think, um, putting myself out there when I didn't know what I was doing. Um, because when I told someone I could build them a website, I didn't know how to build a website. Um, when I told someone I could design their logo, I couldn't design a logo. Um, and so I just put myself out there at every turn and continue to, um, because it's a, you know, that I always hear people say that the life of an entrepreneur is like jumping out of a plane and building the parachute on the way down. And that, and that's really what it's about. I know that I can do it. It's just about figuring out the logistics of how I'm going to bring it to life and then practicing that craft over and over and over again. Um, so I think the biggest sacrifice was, you know, spending the money when I didn't think that there was going to be enough. Um, the biggest sacrifice may be, is not hanging around the friends that I had grown up with in college um, because I can't get drunk every weekend because I have stuff to do in the morning, like for real. Um, you know, it's it's a whole life shift and I'm finally okay with that um, as of recently because I'm leading a different life and I have to, again, live it for myself. I um, mean, these sacrifices that I make, they're not really sacrifices because they're making my life more whole. They're making my family and my daughter's life more whole. And if I'm the one who has to bite the bullet for that, I'm totally fine with it. Wow. I couldn't agree more. I love um, just your your oneness and your wholeness and how you're so self-aware of everything that you're doing. And, and entrepreneurship is very mental. And, you know, there's people out there that they have their, these businesses and they're, they might be struggling or maybe they're not growing at the pace that they're supposed to be because personally, like they're not developing, you know, at a pace that maybe they should be, or that would be more beneficial to their business. And I'm just, I'm just loving all of your vibes right now. So sorry. I, I just have to say that. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you. So you talked a little bit about, um, you know, your mental state and your wealth consciousness um, and just visualizing what you want, but what skills, you know, aside from actually being, knowing how to design, but what skills were most important um, in growing your business that you had to learn? Um, I think people skills because um, not people skills, but rather putting myself out there and being able to network with people is really important to actually growing the business. And honestly, I'm learning the importance of that more so out here in L.A., um, where the creative community is just like crazy big um, and it's so widespread and you can really find your people here and they just come behind you in such a way that, you know, you feel very, very supported. But, you know, I had to get comfortable with going up to people, extending my hand and saying, hi, my name is Tiffany. Um, what do you do? That's always, <laughs> that's always my go-to when I'm in a um, entrepreneurial setting. It's like, hi, how are you? What what type of business are you on? Because people like to talk about themselves most of the time. Um, and so that kind of gets the conversation going. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest things that I had to learn. Everything is figure outable though. Like there's nothing that, and, and if it's not, you hire somebody. Like I refuse to do my taxes, not going to touch mm -hmm. it. Cause I might mess it up. So I have to have like a bookkeeper, um, for quarterly reviews of my finances and stuff like that. Cause again, I take myself very seriously. I take this business very seriously and it's, I've only been in business for about, it'll be three years in October. So it's, it's 
we're a toddler right now. So a toddler, you know, in real life needs a lot of attention, you know, does a lot of things wrong, touches a lot of things that you don't want them to. So, you know, I'm very serious about growing into um, seeing this brand into like 10, 15, 20 years. Um, So I think that Anything that comes up in in, in someone's business, because a lot of the people we see the perfectionism or what looks like perfectionism on Instagram, and it's just totally not. I know I sound probably like a broken record, but it's just not the deal. Right. You know, someone can look at my Instagram and think that that's actually the house that I live in. I'm like, no, girl, that's a (laughs) that's an Airbnb or that is, you know, a loft that my friend owns or something like that. It's, It's not it's not what it seems. However. I know that my target audience has gotten used to seeing me in certain settings. I know that my target audience sometimes looks at me in a way that, you know, I'm more luxury than most. And so me coming in between that and making sure I give the real, but being professional at the same time is is where I land. I know I got a little off there. No, that's your question. So you are a mom and you are a full-time entrepreneur. What's a typical day in the life of Tiffany? Um, There is no typical day at all because I don't think I like structure. Um, I think that I set myself up with the team that I have around me. And I'm very careful about mapping out weekly goals for myself. Maybe that's something that is consistent on Sunday nights. I always overview the client work that I have. Um, and then, you know, visiting, um, my uh, project manager and having a meeting with her twice a month and then meeting with my assistants weekly. Um, Besides that, it's just really because like this week is crazy. I have events and stuff like that. And then sometimes I'm just sitting at home in front of my computer for hours and hours and hours. And really the mom thing, if any like Pinterest perfect moms are on here, you're going to like cringe. But, you know, I really, my daughter is 10 years old. And mom, if you're listening to this, like you can log off now. Like I kind of let her do what she wants to do. Like I supervise the homework. I make sure that's the first thing that's done so that I can have peace of mind because homework is just not my thing, especially with the new way they're teaching these kids now. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So I make sure we get when my brain is fresh, her brain is okay. We get the homework done outside of that you know, I have to feed her. So I have to work. Um, and we have some fun in between and, you know, we dance and she watches these crazy YouTube videos that I have no idea what's going on, but, you know, I kind of let her, let her be her and, and do what she wants to do. And we're just in the the season right now where I'm working a lot, um, which is perfectly fine for me because I know the life that I want to create for the both of us. Um, so there is really no structure to this day besides get the work done. You know, that's completely understandable. You know, a lot of times people talk about work-life balance and I'm like, let's be honest, like that doesn't really exist. You just do the best that you can in the moment that you're in and then you move forward, you know? There's no, there's no such thing. I had a panel in DC back in April and uh, Dana Bolden was a panelist and she said, there's no work-life balance. There is prioritizing. And I think she put that so well that, you know, I'm prioritizing work and I'm making a choice to do that. 
And, you know, no matter what someone has to say about it, especially my mother, you know, I said, you know, Mom, this is my kid. This is my life. This is what I have to do. And this is what I put in the priority. It just, it's not always going to match up with what you think I should do. However, you know, you're grown. I'm I'm 32. So not 32. I'm 30 years old. I'm not trying to age myself even more, but I'm 30 years old. And so, you know, I'm able to say, look, here's the priority for the day. And that's it, period. Because there are some days where I'm not on top of my email and, and I have to let myself know that that's not my priority for right now. I couldn't agree more. Priorities are definitely, you know, where you get stuff done, you do what needs to be done, and then everything else will get handled later. Um, so, Tiffany, real quick, um, you've given so, so many good gems about branding and design and connecting with your audience. And I know the listeners have a page full of notes, just like me. Um, but really quick, I want to dive into some fun stuff. Um, who's your favorite person on Instagram right now? Ooh, my favorite person on Instagram. Um, a couple of people. I really like Jasmine Starr. She has amazing content. Um, I like my friend Natalie Frank. She's very inspirational. And then always my favorite person, uh, Ashley Bing. She is the photographer who takes all of my images. Um, she's always fun to follow. But I mean, I really I like following everyone because like the diversity. You know, I, I, I'm a story binger, mm. so I'll just sit back and listen, look at the stories for like 20 minutes. And it's good to see, you know, when you're all alone in your office or whatever or when you're in your bedroom to feel like, OK, I'm connected to the outside world for just a little bit. Um, but there's a lot of um, dope women out there that I look forward to following and just, you know, gaining inspiration from. I couldn't agree more. There are days where I'm like, if I hadn't have talked to somebody online, I probably would have talked to anybody today. Um, right. Exactly. <laughs> what yes. is the best piece of advice about life or about business that you've ever received? Hmm. I think that that's a hard one. Um I don't think I've received this advice. I've received the opposite of it. Um, and that was in the way in which I was treated as an employee. Um, and it made me see how I want to treat my employees. And I really don't say employees. I say the people that work with me because our employees are our clients. Um, because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have a job. They wouldn't have a job, anything. Um, so the biggest thing that someone has displayed to me is the importance of treating the people who work with you with so much respect and to not make them feel like they are beneath you, but alongside of you. And because they're really carrying out my vision, like I'm paying you, but you are really executing the vision I have for my life, you know, and I work with creative entrepreneurs. Um, so it's like feeding their business and my business at the same time. So it's just a lovely marriage um, of creative minds coming together. And I really appreciate me learning that lesson before I had my company. That's so important. And, and another thing, like People, I think from the outside looking in, assume that like when you're in charge, when you're a supervisor, when you're, you know, the CEO, the boss or whatever, that you don't work for anybody because you're on top, you're in charge. But that's not true. Like you're always working for somebody, whether it's your client right. or your employees or your board, like there's always somebody. And so I, I just want to get rid of that idea that, you know, you don't work for anybody. 
Exactly. And listen, like anyone who's listening to this and they're like, oh my gosh, she has like four people on her team. I pay those people. Like I get paid last. Mm -hmm. Like it's cute, you know, to say, but that really is the, the deal, you know, and CEO or trashman, you know, this is my company. And if someone doesn't do something, guess who has to do it? It's me, no matter what. Yes, girl. So true. I hope y'all come back. <laughs> so I thought I would just um, add that. And I know you mentioned um, a couple books that you were reading earlier. Do you have like an all-time favorite book or course or program for business that has just been invaluable? Yeah, I have a ton of books. So I have The Dip by Seth Godin, I believe it is. Um, I have How to Be a Badass at Making Money um, by Jen Sincero. Um, I have Overcoming Under Earning by Barbara Stanny. I just finished that one. Uh, definitely pick up, I'm telling every entrepreneur, if you don't get any of the books that I recommend, get How to Write Copy That Sells by Ray Edwards. It is amazing. I'm starting to get into like funnels mm-hmm. and things like that in my business. They, I recommend that book to everyone. It is a simple, simple book, jam-packed with information and knowledge. Let me see. Is there any other ones? Um, Outliers by uh, Malcolm Gladwell is really good. I can go on and on with like books. Like I think like that is the secret, like all the work, like the hour of power, people like, oh, that's cute. But that really is like the magic doing the things that people don't want to do. And people like write off like manifestation and visualization. That's how I'm, I'm literally sitting in my closet right now, you know, trying to record this podcast. So it comes out crystal clear for you all. But the apartment that I'm in, I manifested, I visualized this apartment over and over and over again after I found what it was that I was looking for when I was living on the East Coast. And this is the hardest model to get into in my complex. Everybody who, whether they're new or they already live in the building, they want this floor plan and they want the level that I'm on. Um, And I just came here. I saw it. I prayed about it. I manifested it. I visualized it. And when I came out here to move, it it was just no problem. Zero Mm, problems. I love it. So you have to you have to do the work. It's it's it can be it can be hard, but it, it pays off. Absolutely. Do the work. And that's what's going to separate you from, you know, the people that say they want it and the people that can say they have it. You know, it's the difference of doing the exactly. work. Um, real quick, Tiffany, what's an app that you cannot live without right now? Um, Planoly. Um, Planoly is really, really, really good. Also, it's total sidebar. The keto diet plan app, I think it's called because I'm newly oh. keto and something I cannot live without. So anybody, please, who has any keto recommendations, hit me up on Instagram. DM me, please, because it's working really, really well. Um, but I always am trying to educate myself. But Planoly and that keto app are like my jam. We're going to have to chat about keto because my first year in business is kicking my butt and I've literally picked up so much weight and I'm I'm like, stop body shaming me. All my friends and family are like, oh, Lydia, a little mm-hmm. bigger now. So I've mm-hmm. been actually wanting to kind of mm-hmm. transition over um, into keto. So we'll have to chat about that. Yeah, it's 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 dope. Thank you. Thank you so, so much um, for coming on the Boss Up podcast. Tell everybody where they can find you. 
um, www.theemmaroseagency.com um, at the Emerose Agency on Instagram. And then if you ever have any branding questions, feel free to DM me um, or email me at Tiffany at theemmaroseagency.com. Always open to answering. And rarely anybody emails me because they think I'm so busy, which I am, but I'm not too busy to serve um, and to help, especially women out with starting their businesses. Yeah. I always find it's good. Like you can get a lot of value in the DM sometimes, you know, just absolutely. (laughs) I encourage, I encourage DMs. Okay. Well, thank you, Tiffany. So, so much. Do you want to hear more info and inspiration about how you can boss up in your life and your business while connecting with other boss up babes? Join our Facebook community to get daily tips and chat with myself and other listeners. Visit facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash boss up babe, or visit bossupbabe.org to find out more. If you like this episode, don't forget to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Thanks for listening.